this is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, recovery, and redemption. We share our experience, our strength, and our hope. Before we begin, I'd like to go over the usual suspects of four housekeeping items for your consideration. Number one, this is not an approved AA meeting. It's not an AA meeting at all. It is simply a solo act of service and that I do to help me stay sober, but also that I want to provide to the 12-step recovery community and frankly anyone who's out there sick and suffering inside or outside the rooms. If you're alone, if you just need to plug in the headphones and get away from whatever you're doing and hear some recovery talk, or if you're out somewhere where you can't get to a meeting and you just need to hear some experience, strength, and hope, that's what the purpose of this podcast is. Second, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. Please take everything I say as simply one person's experience without any medical training, not gospel, not advice, not opinion giving. Number three, this podcast will always be commercial free, advertising free, and I will not accept or solicit any kind of contributions or donations. This is a pure act of charity and service on my part. Number four, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions. I sound a little harsh there. Number four. Uh, but, but my anonymity is important to me. Obviously, it's not hard to find out who I am. But I do ask that anyone who's trying to find out, just preserve my anonymity. I will protect yours as well. Please don't dox me. Please don't out me. Please don't. Uh, hurt me. I am simply trying to carry the message to the sick and suffering in an act of charity. Um, If you have any comments, criticisms, concerns, anything at all, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at Gregory B, that's G-R-E-G-O-R-Y, letter B, at extravagantpromisespodcast.com or on Instagram, which is at extravagantpromisespodcast. And you can DM me there or leave a comment. I, I don't know really that I get a lot of comments, so uh, DM, email, whatever. I just would love to hear from you. So with that, on with the show. Tonight is episode number 44, Powerless. I'm testing out some new audio equipment that is uh, makes me feel like a super awesome professional podcaster when I'm really not, but... It's, uh, the mic is super sensitive, so, um, you may pick up some heavy breathing in the background and I assure you there's nothing creepy going on. There's nothing even human going on. That is, uh, the faithful trusty hound. Uh, she, um, she's awesome and, uh, she does not like to be far from me. So she is lying at my feet and right now she's breathing heavily. So, um, there's nothing, there's no strenuous activity going on in the background. There's no uh, uh, illicit behaviors or, or intimate behaviors. There's just simply a, a really sweet 13-year-old puppy um, 
doing some some deep breathing exercises. Anyway, it takes me to our, our subject for tonight is powerless. And uh, and it is kind of interesting when we think about the serenity prayer and we think about accept the things we cannot change. And obviously the first step, which is we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. So let's let's think about those two concepts and the holidays and our sobriety and you know it's kind of like the 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 faithful hound here um the the puppy time who is she's gonna heavy breathe i mean i could i I suppose i could lock her out i suppose i and then she'll start barking um you know, I have to accept that I have a dog in my life and the dog likes to lie by my feet and it's pretty awesome, but sometimes sensitive mics pick up the heavy breathing. So like that, you know, I read, I saw this article cause I was doing a little research for this podcast episode on powerlessness and somebody about 10 years ago wrote some article about like why the first step is wrong and why AA doesn't want you, you know, one of these clickbait, AA doesn't want you to know this. And I always laugh when I see that AA doesn't want you to know. I'm like, who do they think AA? I mean, the the interesting thing is it it really exposes the ignorance of the person who's writing it. And I don't know, other than maybe filling their coffers with advertising clickbait, I have no idea what the motivation could be. Um, because as, as we all know, there is no AA there is, you know, I know there's a general service office, I suppose. I think it's kind of gangster that they still have like a post office box in grand central station. If in New York, if they do, I have no idea. I've never met anyone from there. I don't even know who the chairman or the leader of most of the groups or meetings I've been to is. I, I know who the current you know, grand poobah of my home group is, but you know, I, I, it does, I do take issue when I see these kind of articles that want to trash on recovery, um, say that's wrong and, and you're, you're not powerless. And, you know, uh, um, so I, you know, I thought, well, okay, I'm, I'm not advice given. I'm not, I'm not going to take it. That seems like it's an outside issue almost when somebody else writes an article and they're not part of the program. And they clearly demonstrate that, and, and I can't change it. But are we powerless? What does it mean to be powerless? What does it mean to accept the things we cannot change? What does it mean to um, surrender? You know, I get you know I get it. These are all contradictory concepts. You know, hold on, hold fast. You know, don't give up. Well, well isn't surrendering giving up? And, and I, I think they all, it's like that beautiful, elegant, exquisite, ironic, you know, Mobius strip, I think it's called, but like a, like a, uh, Ouroboros, you know, this, this idea that, you know, it's, it's through letting go that we are found, you know, it's, it's by getting lost that we're found. It's by giving that we receive, you know, it's, it's, um, and, and I think that, when we talk about powerlessness and powerless over alcohol, um, you know, I think we can overthink that. And I think we can get into, well, you know, it's respon- personal responsibility. Yeah, you have personal responsibility. But that doesn't mean you have power over your disease. It doesn't mean you have power over your 
this substance. It doesn't mean you have power over your addiction. I will say that in Narcotics Anonymous, or NA, their first step says we are powerless over our addiction. Um, and I think, you know, I wonder if Bill W., you know, had, I mean, obviously they were, they were here when there was a huge drug problem in the 60s and the 70s, I guess, you know, or, um, you know, I wonder if, I wonder how that would read if we changed it to, now, now let me just put a caveat in here. Um, when I was new to recovery, I, I texted my sponsor one night that said, I've got, I've got some additions to the serenity prayer, meaning E D I T I O N S additions, not additions, but I guess it was additions too, but I was editing the ser serenity prayer. I said, I've got a, I've got a, you know, like an extra stanza I want to add in. <laughs> and my, uh, sponsor, I mean, my phone was ringing before I finished the text I felt like, and he's like, we're not rewriting the serenity prayer. But what you're going to do is say the serenity prayer and say, God, please come into my head before I do. Because, I mean, basically what you're saying is you're a moron and you're not changing the serenity prayer because that is not consistent with your program. And um, so I, I, I put my tail between my legs <laughs> proudly, powerlessly. Anyway, um, but, but it is one of those things. I don't want to be suggesting that we need to change the steps or anything. But it is, but, but I have heard people say, you know, my problem isn't alcohol. My problem is alcoholism. Again, not suggesting you don't have a problem with alcohol, but, but the, it's the alcoholism. You know, we admitted we were alcoholic and that no human power could relieve us of this affliction, you know? Um, and you, you, so so I think that that actually helps me a lot to think of the addiction, to think of the disease, to think of, you know, the substances, the abuse of the substances, the trauma that led me there, the hole in my heart. All of that is an ism. You know, it's the bondage of self. And yeah, I mean, I'm powerless over it. I have no problem saying that. You know, and, I, and, and, and it's interesting because when I talk to people about about, um, my disease or when I talk to, and this is only really close, close, close friends or family members, you know, and they always say, you know, it's really interesting because you are so disciplined. I've never met a person more disciplined than you, which is not true, but, but, um, but the idea that you can control it, you can control alcohol, you can control anything, you know, Hey, I've seen you go on you know, crazy diets. I've seen you run marathons. I've seen you just grit and willpower through stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not in control of alcoholism. I'm not in control of alcohol. I'm not in control of drugs. I'm not in control of this soul sickness in my heart that led me to want to fill that sickness and that hole with a demon-sized substance and subs and behaviors what i needed was a god-sized solution and i was powerless over all of it you know that that was that was kind of the the price of admission so to speak the the, the ticket to the show was you can't come in here if you think you're going to run the show and you're going to do it you tried that almost half a century of trying that and you know, what it got you was on Father's Day saying, I'm worth more dead than alive. I wish I was dead today. 
I'm a lousy dad. I'm a lousy human. I've, I've ruined everything. And, you know, the only way out was I need, I need a God. I need God. I need you. I need you. And I, and I wasn't bargaining. I wasn't bargaining at all. I was, I wasn't like, if you do this, I will that. I never did that. I mean, I have done that in my past. Don't, no, no, no. I mean, let's be certain I've done that in my past, but I did not do that when I got sober. What I said was, um, you know, I've squandered it. You know, like I've, I've, I've burned through all, all the capital and I'm at the end and I just need you to help me. I will serve you. I, I just, I save me, please, you know, not save me and give me money or take away. You know, I was just kind of like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of the rope. I kind of felt a little bit like Jimmy Stewart standing on that bridge, you know, where I'm worth more dead than alive. And it's like, God, if you're up there, you know, like I just need an angel, you know, and, and, and God didn't send me an angel. He sent me a program of angels. And so let's get back to that, to that first step. You know, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and then NA, we admitted we were powerless over our addiction. Um, and you think, you know, how many people get hung up on that? Uh, it, it's, 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 it, it, and I'm going to give a, another parallel to this. It's, it's like the God thing, the God thing, we'll call it, you know, where how many times have I sat in meetings? I probably, the, I would say that the most oft discussed share that I hear, have heard in all my years in the meetings and rooms is this notion that somehow I couldn't get past the God thing or don't tell me about God and, and all this. And usually it ends with, and now I believe, you know, I once was blind and now I see. But, you know, there's some people who it's like, you know, the doorknob has to be my God and, and, you know, and I get it. I'm, I, I don't want to trash on that um, as long as you're saying sober. But, but I wonder, it's like, isn't that, that kind of arrogance, that kind of lack of humility, isn't that kind of the, isn't that evidence of the disease? Oh, I'm not going to admit I'm powerless over something. I'm responsible. I'm going to be responsible and I'm the one who's going to get me sober and I'm going to, I'm the, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. How's that going? You know? It's just, it's like, it's like we all forget that the idea of, you know, when, when you do martial arts or when you surf and it's like, you are not going to beat the wave. What you have to do is flow with the wave. You surrender to its power and that's how you harness its power. You're not going to beat alcohol. Alcohol's there. It's not going away. You know, it's going to keep killing people. It's going to keep doing what it does. You know, alcoholism is going to keep driving fathers away from their daughters and driving mothers to, 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 to run through red lights and kill people in stoplights with drunk driving and go on their way to get their seventh case of wine for the week, you know, and, um, you know, it's there. It's there. And, and, and so let's look at that. You know, it, it's, is that a barrier to entry? Is it really a ticket to the show? You know, is this idea of you lay hands on somebody when you're, you can tell like when you're think, think about throwing a football or hitting a golf ball or anything physical, you know, 
it, it just it's almost like the, the harder you try and grip it, the the worse the outcome. But if you just surrender to, you know, like I need to, you know, like they, they always say, like, what's the what's the best piece of advice for a white belt in jujitsu? Relax. Blue belt, relax. You know, like purple belt, relax, brown belt, relax, black belt, relax. You know, relax. And 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 it's not like don't care. It's not like be inattentive. It's it's that you're surrender. You know, you can't outwill. Yes, your willpower is important. Yes, your strength and your courage are important. But you can't just out intensify the other person. You know, you you have to you have to flow with it. You have to get into that flow state, snowboarding, skiing, anything. You just try to like, I'm gonna fucking muscle this thing. Sometimes a little muscle helps, but most of the time you end up flat on your face, sliding down the mountain at 45 miles an hour. Um, yeah, this is a little bit of a ramble, but 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 it is such a big thing for me. This idea because I see I see that you know where I feel like you know powerless. I'm not powerless. I'm the one who doesn't pick up. I'm the one who's, you know, I have power. Yes, you do have a tremendous amount of power. We all have a tremendous amount of power. I don't need God or God. I don't believe in God. So how do I get past the first three steps? It's like, you know, that's the whole thing is it's like, it's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I just... What I know is that if you define powerless, if you if you if you if you open your mind to different definitions of it, what does it mean to be powerful over alcohol? I'm powerful over alcohol, meaning I can drink a case of beer and and still drive home. Okay, um, that's one definition. How about I can drink for three months straight and then I can drink and not drink for three months straight. Is that powerful over alcohol? You know, it's I can control. What does it even mean to control it? The fact that you're talking about it, the fact that it's in your life, may be evidence that you can't control it. You know, I just I kind of I, I, I there's you know like I said so many times I'm sitting there and somebody says I, you know I want they want to talk to me about my my sobriety or my my program and I'm very eager to in certain circumstances because of my desire to serve, but I also recognize like, am I, I you know, I, I want to keep it inside my hula hoop, so to speak, or in my lane. And I don't want to violate any principles, but you know, it's always, well, I can control it. I'm not an alcoholic cause I can control it. And I'm always like, what does that mean? Do you, do you mean like you could, you could never pick it up again? Do you go the rest of your life without a drink? You know, is your life manageable? Like if, if, if your life is manageable, and you're you're you know you're living your best life, then, and you can control it. Then clearly, alcohol isn't your problem. Do you have a problem at all? You know, um, but when you get that gift of desperation, and you're like, I don't know what my problem is. All I know is that I wake up shaking in my sweat. You know, at three in the morning with my heart racing. I can't, I can't drink away the pain. I can't sleep. I don't want to do anything other than be free of the fear and the anxiety, you know, and the self-loathing. Well, there is a path. 
you know, and it's, and it, it's like mother Teresa or something where it's like, you know, it's like the Stoics, you know, where they would be like the best way to get over the fear of poverty is to be in poverty. You know, the best way to get over a fear of, you know, it's just, it's, it's like, okay, cool. Let's go live without clothes and, and, or, you know, what, what was it that Seneca or I think it was Seneca would do would like wear like a muslin or a, whatever you call it, like a canvas sack as clothes and sit out in the sun, you know, with nothing. So there was like, this isn't that bad. You know, I can do it. Um, not suggesting that I'm going to go do that, but, but that's the point, you know, um, we, in a way, the most powerful thing you can do, the most humble thing you can do, you know, the most powerful, graceful, grace laden strength, you know, is to be not, is, is to be like water, you know, is to be, is to be, is to, is to flow into humility and, and, and that effortless powerlessness just to surrender and say, I'm not going to, I'm going to deprive alcohol of its, I'm powerless over alcohol. That doesn't mean that it's, it has power over me. You know, let's think about that. There's two, two different things. You know, I'm powerless over, over taxes. That doesn't mean that it has power over me. I can, I can, I can manage taxes. You know, I can, I can, I can plan ahead. I can do these things. Same thing with alcohol. Be like, Hey, how, how do you have power over alcohol? Leave the plug in the jug. Don't drink. Don't drink. And that's how you, you know, we're, we're powerless over alcohol. We're powerless over alcoholism. That doesn't mean it has to have power over you. It can mean it, you know, that it's like, it's like saying like, I'm powerless over that poisonous snake. I can't will it to do whatever, you know, but that doesn't mean I have to play with it. It doesn't mean I have to let it bite me. I can just be like, all right, cool. The best way is for me to manage my addiction and manage my alcoholism by being in a 12-step program, by not drinking. You know, I'm sorry that this 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 podcast has seemed so rambly. It's just, it's such a, a you know, it's like everything that it, you could probably pick out passages in the Bible that 1400 years later, 2000 years later, 2200, you know, are, are still, you know, con not controversial, but like, wow, worthy of thought, you know, worthy of, of debate. What does it mean? Powerless. What does it mean to surrender, you know, to, to me, it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, Darth Vader strikes you down, but you become even more powerful than ever. And the way that happens is you just, you said, you know, I lift, I lift my, I, I, I turn off my lightsaber. I admit I'm powerless over, over your evil. And I become stronger than ever by becoming part of the force that, that I know it's kind of crazy getting a little star Warsy on us, but you know, this idea of, of universal force of harmony of God, of, that primordial gel and 
and love that surrounds us and just being like, you know, once I acknowledge that there are these demons, there are these things that are not meant for me. And I just say I'm powerless over them. I don't have to beat them. I just have to, I have to surrender to the program, surrender to my higher power and let, let God take it from here. And I'll tell you who, who is powerful. Uh, you know, that one is God. May he, may you find him now. Um, all right. Well, I hope this has been helpful. Again, it's just that that I love the intellectual and academic level of debate. I don't want to overthink things to the point where we feel like, okay, you've, you've, you know, you've kind of regressed or you've hurt anybody. Uh, you know, I don't want to overthink it. <laughs> what I want to do though is I want to I want to address this. You know, these kind of issues because I think that they are both a barrier to entry for a lot of people, but they're also a ticket to ride, so to speak, a ticket to the show. You know, once you go, hey, I'm powerless over it. Once you have that like, ooh, cool, okay, I'm powerless over this. What what harm, you know, has anybody's life ever gotten worse by saying I'm powerless over alcohol? Has anybody's life ever gotten worse by being like I'm powerless over alcoholism? Has anybody's life ever gotten worse by saying, you know, I'm going to surrender my will to a higher power, a God of my understanding, whatever that is. I mean, God of your understanding, just surrender to it. Has anybody's life really gotten worse? Has anybody, you know, has anyone been to a meeting and been like, you know, things were going great. And then I went to that AA meeting and my life got worse. You know, things were going awesome in my life. And, uh, you know, those darned AAs really ruined it. No, said no one ever. What I know is there are truths. No one's life got worse going to a meeting. No one's life got better picking up a drink or a drug. Thus endeth the lesson. God, I'm preachy today. But I, I just, you know, I had a big long talk the other night with another sufferer. And uh, we were talking about the differences of NA and AA and how they have that 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 key difference in the first step. And, and, um, and I thought... You know, I'm not going to presume to suggest that the first step of AA should be add an ism to it. I'm just going to say that, like, maybe being open-minded, if I if I apply that definition, it just it does get much easier to intellectually grapple with that concept. Grapple all all you want, but at the end of the day, those twelve steps may as well be the Ten Commandments to me. You know, my life sucked before it, and my life is awesome now. Thanks to everything and everyone in those rooms. You know, I saw something, and I, I just want to close with this. You know, it was from uh, the book, uh, Dr. Bob and the Good Old Timers, page 85, 86, somewhere in there. This is true, but as we know, there was more to it than that. There is such a thing as keeping it too simple. A number of people had been chipping away at Bob for years. The Oxford group had a program. Henrietta had told him, you must not touch one drop of, drop of alcohol. Obviously, Bill brought something new himself. <laughs> that reminds me, my best friend used to be a huge uh, fan of the movie, a bunch of movies. We, we would always quote movies together, but he he would he loved the movie Get Shorty. And there's this part where... Um, I think the actor's name is Delroy Lindo, looks at John Travolto's, you know, Chili Palmer, and he says, you must bring something heavy to the deal. <laughs> and, and my buddy would always do it with the next. He goes, I do. Me. <laughs> you know, um, 
yeah, there was something different. Everybody was telling Dr. Bob how to get sober and why he needed to get sober. But what it took was another alcoholic saying, hey, I'm sober. I'm trying to stay sober. Will you you two, can you walk with me? I need you to help me stay sober. And boom, boom. I love it. I hope this is helpful. And I I wish everybody out there the very best. I'm going to keep pumping out the content. And uh, I just... Please comment, send me criticisms, suggestions, uh, things you like, things you don't like, things you'd like to see more of. You know, I'm just gonna just gonna keep getting the message out there, and maybe maybe it'll uh, it'll help. Maybe maybe not. <laughs> um, all right. If we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize. We work for them. God, my higher power, thank you. For coming into my head today before I did. Thank you for helping me fight the demons of self-will. Actually, let me rephrase that and say thank you for fighting the demons of self-will. Thank you for fighting my suicidal ideations, suicidal fantasies, subjective distress of wanting to drink of fighting my distress, of of bringing me peace. God, thank you. Please, if it is your will, would you extend that peace and that harmony and that love and that sense of, of community to all of the listeners, all of the sufferers, our neighbors in and out of the rooms. The message is so powerful, so glorious. I love it and I love you. Amen.